Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, let's open them please to Isaiah chapter 10, if you would please. <clears throat> like I said, of course, you all know we're at the end of, of October almost, well, right at the end. And uh, the new year will be upon us very soon. Every year, uh, about this time of year, and actually he gave it to me earlier, but for next year, about this time of year, I get a, an idea for a theme for, for the new year. And uh, our theme for this year has been 2023, the year to be free in Jesus. Amen. And uh, there's so many people that aren't free. Even church people, they're not free. Now, I know the world has an idea of free, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about we're free to do whatever we want to do and God's okay with it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we're free, we're, we are free in Jesus, meaning we are free from the junk of the world. We're free from the junk of the devil. We're free uh, to walk in the blessing of God. And so that's what uh, this means to me. But, but many people are bound by the junk of this world. And unfortunately, even a lot of Christians are bound by the junk of this world. What do, you, what do you mean the junk of this world? Sin, addictions, habits, infirmities, which would include sicknesses. Uh, a lot of people are bound by their past. Even though they've been born again, they still let the devil beat them up with their past. Amen? And, uh, and we need to be free from these things because we'll never walk in the fullness of the blessing of God as long as these things are attached to our minds, uh, attached to our bodies, um, it, it, look, we all know this. It is hard to focus on the things of God when your body hurts. Would anybody agree with me on that? You know, if your body's hurting, it's hard. I mean, you, you, you'll work at it. You'll, you'll walk by faith. But, I mean, it still goes back to that pain in your body. If you're having trouble with your kids, it's hard to really, you know, come in here and just praise and worship God because your mind is going back. What's going on with my kids? They're into this. That trouble's going on. On and on it goes. So we need to be free in this year. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. So let's look here at Isaiah chapter 10, a verse I'm sure you're familiar with. You are very well taught here in this church. But verse 27, Isaiah 10 and verse 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Father, again, we thank you for your word and ask you to bless this time and give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God will say to us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You know, I, I find it interesting. Here it says, Isaiah here, what, six, seven hundred years before Jesus was born. He said, it'll come to pass in that day. And you get over to Luke chapter 2 and the first few words of verse 1 says, and it came to pass. What came to pass? What Isaiah said was going to come to pass. And then later on down in Luke 2, what did the angel say? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, the Lord. What did that angel announce? The anointing has come. The anointing that Isaiah talked about, it shall come to pass, it has come. Well, what does this anointing do? It removes burdens and it destroys yokes. Amen. In other words, it sets people free. Can you say amen? So again, this 
burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is available to us today. I heard uh, Pastor Barkley uh, talking about this. Of course, I kind of knew this, but he had had experience with it with his dad when he was a small boy, uh, talking about how they used horses to pull big logs out of the out of the, uh, of the forest up in northern Michigan. And again, what is a yoke? I think most of you probably know a yoke is an apparatus that you, you put around animals' necks uh, so that they will be able to pull a burden. So again, the yoke, let's say it's a, a two-width, and so you can put two horses or mules or whatever, oxen in the Bible, and you would connect those together. So you want to make sure they'll work well together or they'll end up killing each other. Again, that's why Paul wrote, be not unequally yoked together. You know, you don't want to put a donkey with a horse. They probably won't work well together. Amen. You don't want to put a bull with a, with whatever, you know, they're probably not, you you need to have compatible uh, people working together or animals working together. So that yoke connects those together. And then you have some type of a burden, like a sled, a sled or a wagon or, or something that, you want them to pull. Well, they just won't pull it because they've got that yoke on. But that yoke has uh, rings on it, and you take straps from the sled, and you connect that to the rings on the yoke. So now they're yoked, and they're burdened. So when it says, by the anointing, the burden's going to be removed, what's that mean? It's like the burden's been unhooked off that yoke. The yoke's going to be destroyed. You look that up, that word destroyed means to be rendered useless. In other words, the yoke is not only just taken off and broken. A lot of people misquote that. The yoke will be broken. No, destroyed. Brother Copeland used to teach on that. It's, it's the same type of idea as rust. Just, it, it just grinds it to powder. So the yoke is going to be destroyed, meaning what? The devil can't use that yoke again. Not going to be able to use that yoke again on you because by the anointing it's destroyed. By the anointing, that burden that the enemy has attached to you, it's been released from you. Amen. You know, have you ever, I can remember again, again, 45 years ago or longer, um, and I don't think they really do it much anymore, but one of the big things we would do in the summertime, uh, if you were, again, training for sports or something, especially basketball, you wore uh, ankle weights. Anybody ever wore ankle weights? No, okay, well, you did, okay. Uh, you know, they, they'd weigh a few pounds, and you put these, you'd strap them around your ankles. Well, and then, you know, you go walking or running or whatever. Well, once then you'd take those off. Whoo, you felt like you could really move then. Why? The weight's gone. The, the burden's gone. Amen. So when this anointing comes and removes the burden and destroys the yoke, man, you ought to be just feel free and be able to go and run with Jesus. And, and, and I'll run and not get weary. I, you know, I'll walk and not faint. And, you know, my youth is renewed as the eagles. My strength is restored. And, you know, all those different verses you can put together there. Amen. Praise God for the anointing. Praise God. I believe it's the year for you to be free in Jesus. What you need is available. The anointing is here. Amen. Uh, John wrote in 1 John that that unction, that anointing, it dwells on the inside of you. Amen. And that anointing, it's there to help you. It's always there. That anointing is always there. Because really it's the Holy Spirit that is the anointing. Amen. Well, he's with you. He's in you. And so again, what you need in order to be free, you don't have to go find it somewhere. He's there. He's on the inside of us. Amen. Praise God. Now you say, but preacher, 
I'm a Christian. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm free. Well, I wish that were true of all Christians, but it's not. Because, Pastor, you know as well as I do, if it was true of all Christians, we'd never have a counseling session. We'd never have to have an altar call if every Christian was free. Because most of the, and again, I'm talking about sickness or whatever. You know, you have altar calls for healing. Why? People aren't free from sickness yet. Amen? You have an altar call for peace and people come. Why? They're not free in their mind yet. You have an altar call for finances. Why? People aren't free financially. What's it mean to be free financially? God says, give it. I just give it. Don't think about it. Amen. Getting awful quiet in here this morning. Amen. But to me, that's being free. I, thank God. I, I believe just now we're kind of getting to the place that we're free in that. Not because we got a big bank account. Doesn't matter the size of your bank account. It's what's in here and it's what's in here. God says, give, you've got enough, you've got enough uh, um, experience, you've got enough testimony that you know God has always come through. If God says do it, then he's going to bless you for doing it. Amen. So that sets you free that you don't have to argue with God when God says give that hundred or give that thousand or give that whatever. Oh God, I can't do that. Wait a minute. Every time he's told me to do it, it's always he takes care of me. So see, I'm free. I don't have to sit there and, and argue with God and fight with God. Oh, should I do that? No, no, no. I can do that if God says do that. This is what I'm talking about being free. For the most part, we're talking about being free in your mind. Amen? Because that's where the battle takes place. That's where the, that's, that's where the battle takes place. So again, let's, uh, let's turn over to the, to the Gospel of John chapter 11. <clears throat> John chapter 11. Let's just look at an example of this. Again, you say, well, I'm born again. Thank God and hallelujah. But, okay, okay, yes, sir, I'll do that. How many people in here would say, I am born again? Let me see your hand. All right, well, it looks, looks like just about everybody. That's wonderful. And if you're not, you can be. If you're live streaming, you can be. Amen? Praise God. All right, how many of you, uh, you say, I'm born again. You already said that. And uh, I don't have any problem. And I'm not talking about faith now. By faith, we could say this. But I'm not talking about faith. And I don't want you to raise your hand, but listen close to what I'm saying. I'm born again. I don't have any problems whatsoever. You lift your hand. Okay, look around the room. There's not a hand up. Meaning what? We're not free. We're dealing with stuff. Amen? Now, will you ever live in this life that you won't have some kind of problem? No. Jesus said that. He said, in this world you will have tribulation. You will have trouble, right? But what did he say? I've spoken these things that in me you might have peace. See, if I've got peace in the midst of the trouble, then I am free, even though the trouble's still there. Amen. See, Paul and Silas in that dungeon, they were more free than the people that put them in the dungeon. They're locked up. They're beaten up. They're in the dark, in the sewer, in the rats, in whoever knows what else is down there. And by praising God at midnight, they're more free. They didn't get free when the, when the place shook and, the, and their, their, their uh, stocks fell off. That's not when they got free. They were free when they started praising God. Amen. Amen. 
So again, going back to what's a lot's what's been said here this morning, you want to be free, you know, start shouting unto God. Start praising God. Not after the fact, before the fact. While the problem's still going on, you start praising God and the freedom will come. The chains will fall off. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Amen. Now here in John 11, of course you all know the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus has been dead four days. Lazarus stinks he's been dead so long. Right? And uh, Jesus shows up, according to them, late. Jesus is never late. He's always right on time. Amen. And uh, so he gets there, and where is he? Well, we've got him over here. Remove that stone. Oh, his sister said, oh, I'm sure he stinks by now. I mean, he's been dead four days. And, of course, Martha, you know, you know if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Well, Mary said the same thing. Yeah, but I think Mary said it with a different attitude than Martha. I, again, I'm just reading words, but you remember Martha's working in the kitchen while Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. So I think their attitude's different. Amen. Well, if you'd have been here, that's Martha. Mary's like, Lord, if you'd have just been here. Right? It's a difference. But uh, move the stone. Lazarus is dead, right? I mean, he's dead. There's no doubt he's dead. Stinking dead. Amen. Not only is he dead, he's wrapped, we would say, like a mummy. Right? He wasn't wrapped, in the, and I, I learned this from Rick Renner. He wasn't wrapped with the same kind of cloth as, as uh, Jesus was wrapped with. Jesus was wrapped like with a single large sheet, if you will. Lazarus was wrapped with small uh, strips, like a, like a mummy. Well, again, he's been dead four days, and when they put those strips on, they put ointment and things like that on, which harden up like a cast. Anybody ever had on a cast? Well, it hardens up. Amen? So here he is. He's laying in the tomb on probably like a stone uh, ledge or something. He's laying there, and again, his head's wrapped separately, but he's laying there, and he can't move. Why don't you think about this? He can't move. How's he going to move? I mean, he's in like this cast, like this body cast. All right? And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He can't set up. He can't throw his legs. Probably his legs are even wrapped together. Amen. So what happened? The power of God hit Lazarus and basically picked him up off that, off that slab and stood him at the door. Now again, but he's, he's standing, still got the napkin around his face, so he can't see anything. He's standing there, and you know what he's thinking? Somebody stinks. Oh, it's me. <laughs> Can you imagine that smell of a corpse? Well, that gets into that material too. I mean, you're talking, this is just gross. You know what he wants. I want out of this. Amen? But Jesus didn't say, cloth, fall off. No. He, he looked at the people around and said, you loose him and you let him go. So what's my point? This is the point. And I, of course, let, let's make it spiritual. Lazarus was dead. He's alive. So what happened? He got born again. Not spiritually, but you understand what I'm saying. He got born again physically, but he was still bound. So I'm born again. Yeah, and a lot of people are still bound. They're still bound by drugs. They're still bound by alcohol. Like Pastor Barkley says, they're born again, but they're not fixed yet. They need to be free. 
Lazarus didn't want to live however much longer he lived wrapped up in that mess. He wanted out. Why? It stunk. Right? It's probably hot. I mean, get me out of here. Right? Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of us have things in our life and we think just, God, get me out of this. God, get this off my life. I don't want to do this. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to read that. I don't want to drink that. I don't want to smoke that. God, help me get out of this. Amen? And he will. And I believe it's the year to do it. You know, the year's almost over. It doesn't matter if it's the 31st of December. 2023 is the year to be free in Jesus. Amen. You can be free today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait. You know, he, Jesus didn't say, well, Lazarus, why don't you just stand there another day or two? No, let him loose now. I want him free now. That's in chapter 11. And then in chapter 12, Jesus is in their house eating and it says Lazarus is sitting at the table eating with him. Wouldn't that have been fine to have Lazarus still all wrapped up in there in the house trying to eat? No, see, you can't do that. You can't fellowship with Jesus if you're still bound up. Why? Because you won't enjoy it? If there's things in your life that's binding you up, you're not going to enjoy your time. Here, here you are. If you're really bound, here you are here today. I sure hope this gets over pretty quick. I got things I need to do. You're still bound. There's things that are binding you. Amen. And we need to be free from that. No, I don't mean we need to stay in church all day long. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you can't come for an hour and a half or two hours and focus on the things of God because you are so cluttered with other stuff, then there's things you need to be set free from. They, they need to be uh, shook off like Paul shook that snake off into the fire. Amen. Praise God. Now, you know, you say, well, uh, but, but uh, I don't know if I believe that or not. Anybody think Paul was a Christian? The Apostle Paul, I'm talking about. You might think he was a Christian. Would you think he was a good Christian? Do you think he was like one of the finest Christians ever walk on this planet? Yeah, I think he was. Other than Jesus, of course, you wouldn't, I guess, call Jesus a Christian. Uh, I mean, he was the Christ. But, you know, other than Jesus, I, to me, Paul is my hero of, of, I mean, to me, he's the, the greatest faith man to ever walk on this planet. Amen. That's uh, you, you, Peter, you put him in there and John. Yeah, but to me, it's Paul. I, I don't know because of where he came from, I guess, how, how, how God really changed his life completely. Amen. But yet Paul writes to the Romans, and you can look it up. We're not going to turn there, but in Romans 7, where he said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And he th says, the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. But he said, it's not me. It's this flesh. It's sin in this flesh. Meaning what? Habits. Maybe he loses his temper. Maybe, you know, whatever. We don't know what it is. Maybe he eats too much. Oh, why did I go there? Shouldn't have went there, you know. Maybe he gossips. Maybe, what, you know, whatever it is. It's this flesh. It's not me. I'm born again. Spiritually speaking, I'm born again. This flesh isn't going to heaven. If, you know, if, I, if I pass away today physically, it's because my born again spirit has left and, and this, all that's left is this, this house that I lived in. So Paul said, Paul didn't say it's okay. He said, no. He said, this flesh is what causes me problems and I need to be free from it. 
Amen. I need, uh, obviously, he, he wanted to be free from it and go to heaven. Right? Remember he told the Philippians, it's better for me to go to heaven. It's better for you if I stay here, so I got, I'll stay here, you know, for now. Um, but what do you, you know, I don't want you to lift your hand. I, this is not testimony time. What do you need to be free from? Because the power of God is present to set you free. Amen. I said the power of God is present to set you free. Look at Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> Are you getting anything this morning? Acts chapter 10. Again, a verse we're all familiar with, but I want you to start at verse 37. We're familiar with verse 38, but let's look at verse 37. Matter of fact, if you would, hold that and just flip back to Luke chapter 4. And just hold both those scriptures. Luke 4, Acts 10. We're going to start in Acts 10. I tell you what, in Acts 10, let's start in verse 34. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. The word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism with which John preached. What does verse 37 tell us? Peter says, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus started preaching when he was in Galilee and he preached it throughout his whole earthly ministry. I believe everywhere Jesus preached, somewhere it's kind of like Brother Hagin. Everywhere Brother Hagin preached, you're going to hear Mark 11, 23 and 24. Doesn't matter, he's preaching on the rapture of the church. You're going to hear Mark 11, 23 and 24. He's preaching on hell. You're going to hear Mark 11, 23 and 24. Doesn't matter what he's preaching on. You're going to hear Mark 11, 23 and 24, right? So Peter says in verse 37 that I'm going to share with you a word that was first published or preached Throughout all Judea, it started at Galilee after Jesus was baptized. He started preaching this right after he was baptized. What did he preach? Hold something there. Go to Luke chapter 4, verse 17. There was delivered unto Jesus the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So what Peter tells me in Acts 10, 37 is everywhere Jesus went, he talked about being anointed. And he talked about having the anointing on him. Well, what was the purpose for the anointing? If we had read on down there in Luke 4, the main, one of the main things, you know, recovering a sight to the blind, preach the gospel to the poor. Again, what's gospel? Good news. What's good news to a poor man? You don't have to be poor anymore. Amen. Recovering a sight to the blind. I don't think that just means physically, but also spiritually blind. Amen. Setting the captives free. Setting the captives free. By the anointing. He, I'm able, he said, and what did he say later in Luke 4? This day is this word fulfilled in your hearing. Where is he reading from? Isaiah. The same Isaiah that said, it shall come to pass. Amen. The anointing will come. And in Luke 4, Jesus said, here I am. Here it is, the anointing. Here it is, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Amen? 
And you remember what everybody would say about Jesus? Man, he doesn't preach like our preachers. He preaches like he's got some authority. Because he did. He had a Holy Ghost authority. He had anointing on his life. See, they would preach, nothing would happen. He would preach and everything he preached would happen. Because the anointing was there to, again, uh, what does it say, the last, the last verse of Mark 16. God working with the Word of God and bringing forth signs and wonders, right? God confirming His Word with signs and wonders. How did He do that? By the anointing. By the anointing. All right, go back to Acts 10. We'll start kind of wrapping this up. Verse 38, this is the message that Peter said we started hearing all the way back there right after Jesus was baptized. How God anointed, what did he do? He anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Notice it doesn't say he anointed Jesus Christ. It says he anointed Jesus of Nazareth, meaning what? The human side. We're not talking about, yes, we're talking about the same person, but we're not talking about the, the divinity of Jesus. We're talking about the humanity of Jesus. The man Jesus. How God anointed the man from Nazareth whose name was Jesus. Right? What did he anoint him with? The Holy Ghost and with power. Who, meaning the man Jesus, he went about doing good, healing just about everybody. Most people, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How was he with him? By the anointing. Right? Right after he came up out of the water being baptized, what happened? The Holy Spirit came down, came upon him, anointed him. How many miracles did he do before that day? None. Are y'all here? How many miracles did Jesus work before his baptism and being baptized with the Holy Spirit? None. How many could he have worked? Many as he wanted to and as God, but not as a man. Everything Jesus did was to show us this is what's available to man. The Holy Spirit, the anointing is available to man. And that's why he said in John, what, chapter 14, the works that I do, you'll do also. Because I'm going away, but I'm going to send you another comforter, the Spirit of truth. Same Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't have a superior Holy Spirit to the one that's available to us. Same Holy Spirit. We didn't get Holy Spirit 2. 2.0. We got Holy Spirit. I'm going back to the Father. I'm going to send you those. Why? Because where I'm going, I don't need him. Jesus said, where I'm going, I don't need that. I don't need the anointing there. Why? There's nothing there to cast out or heal. or you know, we're In heaven, everything's perfect. I don't need the anointing, but you sure need him down here. And again, that's why he said what in John 17, Father, the glory that you've given me, I give them. Right? Glory. Now, again, talking about the anointing, if you will. Amen. So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good. Like I said, we have the same Holy Spirit that he had. Amen. Matter of fact, if you look through that verse, name one thing there Jesus had that's not available to us. I'll wait. There's nothing there that's not available to us. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Will God anoint us with the Holy Ghost? Absolutely will. 
Matter of fact, remember Jesus told the disciples, he said, now don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Don't go try to do this without the anointing. Amen? Praise God. So uh, anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. So is God's power available to us? Absolutely. Who went about doing good? Can we go about doing good? Absolutely. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Can we heal everybody that's oppressed of the devil? Absolutely. Jesus said we could. Why? For God was with him. Is God with us? So what did Jesus have available to him that's not available to us? Nothing. Same anointing, same Holy Spirit, same word of God. You know, something we, we have the name of Jesus. Amen. We have the armor of God. Amen. We have all these tools, all these anointings, all these blessings. But notice again there, let, let's bring this out. And like I say, I, I'm going to start wrapping this up. Another hour and a half or so, we'll be done. <laughs> Healing all that were oppressed. Underline that word oppressed of the devil. That word oppressed, again, I, I, don't, I, I don't read or understand Greek, but I can look up things in a concordance. That word oppressed... That Greek word can also be translated to exercise dominion against. And then it refers to another word, a ruler or officer of great authority. Before Jesus did what he did on the cross and raised from the dead, whether we want to like it or not, the devil had great authority. And Adam gave it to him. Amen? But he doesn't have it anymore. Jesus stripped him of that. Jesus stripped him, made an open show of him, the Bible says. Amen? So, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing all that were under this ruler of great authority. Why? Because somebody with greater authority had come, had come and shown up. The anointing on Jesus was more powerful than that oppressor, than that one who, had, who thought he had great, which he did have great authority. Because again, man gave it to him. God gave it to Adam. Adam gave it to him. But Jesus came and took it back. Jesus came and stripped it, took the keys away. See, if I don't have the key to my house, I do not control my house. If you have the key to my house, you control my house. I don't control it anymore. Are you all here? The devil, why does he control our life? He can't even get in his own front door. Jesus took the keys of death and hell. He doesn't even have the key to his own place. Are you here? Amen. So what is this telling us? By the anointing, we can be free. By the anointing, we have authority. Amen? But see, here's the, here's, here's the key. Once you get it, you got to keep it. Remember Jesus talked about when the evil spirit goes out of a man? After a while, he comes back. And he's checking. And he finds the house empty. See, that's why, that's why you can't afford to miss church. You can't afford to miss days of reading your Bible. You can't afford to spend days filling yourself with the Word of God. Why? Because the devil's looking for you to be empty. Amen? And the Bible says if it's empty, he's going to not just come in with himself. He's going to get seven of his, of his buddies. And it's going to be worse than it was before you got born again or before you got set free. And I've seen it happen so many times. People get set free by the power of God. They get born again. They get, they get delivered. 
from, say, drugs and alcohol. And then, you know, after even 15, 20 years, and they go, well, it won't hurt me to take a little drink. And all they do is take one little drink, and, man, the doors open, and here comes all these evil spirits back in. Awful quiet in here today. Praise God. Jesus, uh, in John 8, it talks about he was preaching and it says many of the Jews believed on him. And he said, continue in my word. Don't quit. Don't stop. You're free. Now stay free. And isn't it amazing in that? I always found that interesting. He talked about being free. And here's these, here, here are these Jewish now believers, and they're going, well, we've never been in bondage to anybody. Uh, Egypt, Babylon, Greece. I mean, right now you're in bondage to Rome when he says that, right? Isn't it amazing how the devil can make you just forget that you're even in bondage? You just accept the bondage as if well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Amen? Amen. I was thinking about this this morning. Let's, let's look at one more verse. Let's look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 13. I was thinking about this. Actually, last night I started thinking about it. The Lord dropped it in my spirit. If you've ever dealt with, let's say, a physical ailment, and you've dealt with it for a while, after a while the devil will convince you you're never going to get free from this. I can think back, it's been like five years ago now, this month. I, all of 2018 was, was a tough year physically for me. I dealt with a lot of different things. But like in October of that year, I was dealing with a thyroid issue. I was dealing with some other issues. And the other issues was a, a great pain. I had never been in pain like that in my life. And... Uh, and this was October, and so we go through November and December, nothing's getting better, and, and the thought keeps com just keeps coming, you're going to have this forever. And I would literally, I, I would be in my, in my truck, say, I can remember this, driving from the store, and just saying, God, I can't, I can't handle this, just, just let me come home. I, this pain is more than I can bear, and I, I can handle pain. I'm not, I'm not a weakling when it comes to pain. I can usually handle it. This was, this was unbearable. And, uh, and it just, you know, some days it get a little better. And, oh, thank God I'm getting a breakthrough. And then here it would come again. And, and you just get to the point and the devil's convincing you, you're going to have, this is never going to get better. Because I would go to doctors and I would go to different doctors and they would, well, we don't, I even had surgery at one point. And the surgeon says, I don't see anything wrong. Well, there's something hurting, right? And, well, I did this, but I really didn't see anything wrong. Got into January of 2019, and uh, I'll shorten the story. But anyway, the Lord used a nurse practitioner, not even a doctor, and said, here, why don't you try this? I believe it will help you. Now, I know God was in on that. But within like two weeks, I was completely pain-free. But my point is, throughout that three months, there's a lot of times I'm thinking, I'm never going to get free from this. Now, I didn't speak that, but that was the thought that would come. That was the arrow that was being shot. Well, what about the woman 
12 years with the issue of blood. You think she ever had the thought, I'm never going to be free. I mean, I've been to every doctor in town, spent all my money, and I'm no better. Matter of fact, I'm worse. Amen? 12 years. Man, I was three months, and I was 12 years? What about the guy at the pool of Bethesda? 38 years. You know he's well past this is never. Matter of fact, he was to the point when Jesus said, do you want to get better? I can't get better. Nobody will help me. I, I'm, nobody will help me get in the pool. Right? But this is the woman I want us to look at here in Luke 13. Verse 11, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. So this just wasn't a physical problem. She literally, it says, had a spirit. There was an evil spirit that was bothering her. Amen. I, and I, I may have dealt with it more than once, but I know, and this has been 30 years ago. The building we were in at the time, it was an old Methodist church building, and if you've seen one, you've seen a hundred of them. They're just the white brick, old Methodist church building. And there were like six-foot windows. There's three of them down each side. Why do I tell you that? Well, there's a purpose. I had a lady come up for prayer, and she had dealt with a lot of different uh, physical attacks. And we're standing. The place is gone now. They tore it down. We're standing here, and there's one of those big windows right there with the long vertical blinds. And for some reason, I just knew it was a spirit of infirmity. And so instead of just laying my hand on her and praying healing, I said, you spirit of infirmity, you leave now. And when I said that, those vertical blinds moved like something went out that window. And she was free. See, you can say, well, I've got this physical thing. It may not, if it's something that just keeps going and going and going, it may be, it doesn't mean you're possessed. She wasn't possessed. But this spirit of infirmity had attached itself to her. Amen? But you dealt with the spirit. The physical things cleared up. Amen? So again, here was this woman. She's had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Again, do you think after one or two years, she's thinking, you know, I mean, she's like this. I, I knew a guy um, in, in, our, in our town, there was a guy that was like that. I mean, he walked, when he walked, he had to walk like, I, well, I can't even do it. But he had to walk, he would like lean back because if not, he, he was like this. So I, I understand this. So she's bowed over. 18 years, you know, everywhere she goes, she's got a, man, that's terrible. Can you, again, probably just after a few months, man, is this ever going to clear up? You know, you go to bed at night and you're thinking, man, I get up in the morning, things are going to be better. And you get up in the morning, they're no better. The devil's working, amen? Yeah. Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. I just under, underlined the word loosed and wrote, wrote the word free. Woman, you're free. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight or she was made free. And she glorified God. Who laid her, his hands on her? The anointed one. The anointing came and set her free. Can you say amen? Amen. So, let me just close this up. I've just got a little list here. 
Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, has set us free from sin, from sickness, from oppression, from poverty, debt, and lack, from worry and wrong thinking. He set us free from fear, from heartache, from depression, from discouragement, from defeat. He set us free from man-made tradition and doctrines that bind us. He set us free from false religion and wrong teaching. He has set us free, but it's up to us to receive it. Just one other verse, and you don't need to turn there. He gave me last night, is there in Hebrews 12, where it says, lay aside the weight, the sin and the weight that's besetting you, that's holding you back. Amen? See, he's come, the, the anointing's here to set us free, but then there's things we have to lay down. We have to say, okay, with his help, I'm not going to do that anymore. See, we make a conscious effort, and then he does what we can't do. He steps in and brings the power and the anointing to help us get through this thing. Amen? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.